When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. I'm Alexander Chester, and I've got shy asshole confusion. Wow, um, I'm Avsenensky, and I was going to say, I'm not an asshole, I'm just shy. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 2, Episode 6, The Acupuncturist, which originally aired on October 28th, 2001, just before Halloween. Uh, although, Av, we already had a Halloween episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that Curb is often like they they don't always air the episodes in the order they're shot in. So maybe those were supposed to be back-to-back, and then they just decided to shuffle around for whatever reason, um, or it's just whatever, you know. They well, the narrative look. of the show doesn't make sense, though, if the episodes aren't... I mean, they might produce them out of order, but the story isn't out of order. Yeah, although there's generally not too much that carries from episode to episode that's too significant. Yeah. This episode, we do have Ed Asner's character ask Scott Adsit's character if he's wearing a Halloween costume. Okay, so then, yeah, it must still be, you know, so, somehow. Yeah, but still... again, but because it was Halloween two weeks prior in the Curb world, I guess he's asking him that question mid-November. So, Av, I have to ask you, we know there's a cutoff for Happy New Year's. What is the cutoff for Halloween costumes? Uh, you shouldn't still be wearing a costume two weeks after Halloween. I think that's yeah, what that would be Especially if you're weird. a lawyer in the office. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably until, like, the next night, like, Halloween night, Halloween day, right? Or is it Halloween it Day, Halloween night? I think if Halloween is like on a Thursday, you can go all week. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm being stupid. I'm, I'm thinking they do holidays the way they do. They don't, it's not the night before and then the day off. It's, it yeah. starts in the day, right? Yeah. I mean, like like if you're in college, your Halloween can easily be a weekend. Right. Well, it depends also what day of the week. Israel, prom right. is like a whole week. If, it's, if it falls on like a Thursday night, that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, so if Halloween is on a Tuesday, let's say. You cannot wear the costume. No, you can. I guess in that case, you can wear the costume the previous weekend because you want to get a weekend out of Halloween. Yeah, and maybe maybe there'll still be some like last minute Halloween parties the next week. I would say you could wear it through the, through the subsequent weekend. Okay, so you have a week. You have a week, or maybe even eight days from like a Friday night to the following. Yeah, it, it depends. You know, it depends. If you're in college, but, but the in, rules but are probably different. Office, not in the law office. Yeah, I mean, if Teams you're like in your fifties, right? Like that's a different <laughs> story. Like yeah. don't don't be showing up to work. Like really, just the day of Halloween, I think, is acceptable for that. Yeah. And if people uh, did not watch the episode and they're like, what are Ed Asner, Scott Ed, so what are they talking about? So let's jump into the uh, recap. Okay, so we have Larry. We see he is face down in what at first appears to be like a massage table, um, but we get a little bit closer look, and he's getting some needles for acupuncture, which we know because that's the title of the episode. And the doctor tells him, I will definitely be able to fix your neck. Larry seems a little skeptical, 
um, because, you know, I keep going to different people. I go to doctors. I go to chiropractors. I went to someone who was called a healer, and they all say I'm going to be able to fix you, and so far it hasn't worked out. And so this doctor tells him, I guarantee that I can make you fully recover. And Larry tells him, okay, let's see. If you're able to fix this, then I will pay you $5,000. And if whatever you do doesn't work, then I don't pay for any of the treatment. Yep. There's two very obvious Seinfeld parallels, I think, in this scene. The first one, which was, which is somewhat unfortunate, is the tendency in Seinfeld and in early Curb as well that Asian American characters always have, uh, you know, very uh, heavy accents. Yeah. But the second one is like the ac- Larry's offer to the acupuncturist is the same as Elaine's offer to Kramer about her neck. It's the exact same circumstances in both situations. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the most the most uh, striking example I've seen recently in Seinfeld was the episode where they go where Elaine and George's father go together to the nail salon, yeah, um, to listen to them talking, speaking in Korean, in Korean. So to spy yeah. on them for her. Um, and when you read like the actual dialogue of what they're saying in the subtitles, it's like broken English, which is of course yeah. not how two people who speak Korean speaking in Korean, Korean would sound. They yeah. right, they would they know how to talk, <laughs> but it's just like and it's just like something like I think I never would have thought about at the time until like you just become attuned, pay attention to things like that. Yeah. But what about the fact that this is just ripping off like verbatim uh, storyline from Seinfeld? Yeah, that's not great, but that's what happens sometimes with Curb. Do you yeah. think sometimes when he does that, like he's like actually just like he wants to like take credit for that storyline? He's like, you know, that storyline like from Seinfeld, I did that. I'm gonna do it again. I'm, I'm gonna do yeah, it better. So this time. it's a good question. Like what? So one possibility is that he completely forgot about it, and no one in the writers' room, no one in the production of Curb ever said, "Oh wait a second, there was the same storyline five years ago in the other super famous show you made." To me, that just doesn't that beggars belief. So I think he's doing it on purpose, and is he doing it as an homage, or is he doing it as you say to sort of to claim it? Yeah, I don't know. Or it's more like people raise it and he just makes it clear that like doesn't he doesn't care. care. Like yeah. I thought of what I think is like a funny scene, a funny premise, even if it's like yeah. you think it's similar to something we did before. Like, OK, we'll do it again. It works for Larry yeah. David, too. Pro- so, that's probably that's probably correct. I think that's a yeah, I think that's probably the most likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, if it's a good show, it's a good show. Yeah. <laughs> At least this time, the offer is being made to someone who's actually licensed to, uh, you know, deal with one's vertebrae. Yes. As Jerry reminds uh in Seinfeld is not saying that Kramer has been a licensed or educated or trained for. Right. Um, so the doctor asks Larry, um, so, you know, this begs the question, how am I going to know that you're, that you really got better? Like you could just lie. And Larry insists I'm a man of honor. So the doctor says that honor is a family tradition of his. Larry says it's not in his family, but he's trying to break the mold. Yeah. Speaking of, of Larry's family, are you surprised in my memory Early Curb, we have a lot of Larry's dad, but we have yet to meet Larry's dad 16 episodes in. We have not met anyone in Larry's family as far as I recall. Yeah. We've met – So Larry's um, dad, I guess he's more of a season three character? I don't remember when he comes in. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I really – I'm not remembering much like week to week. Like, I remember like major things that happen, but like it's yeah. kind of all a blur He smokes me. weed. He meets the uh, – the, uh, I think that's the same episode where he meets the lady for the carpool lane, the prostitute. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think they definitely cross paths. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, to get he, he's often episodes. there when his when his na- when his nephew Larry's cousin is there, who is our uh, favorite Upper West Side denizen. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Richard Kind. Yes, I uh, love Richard Kind. Met him on several yeah. occasions at random uh, grocery stores and the like. Yeah. I haven't met him, but I've I've seen him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's he's just hanging around. Uh, a friend of mine uh, once sold a couch to somebody on Craigslist that it was Richard Kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go back to Kurt for a second. Uh, yeah. 
So we go over to Larry. He is shopping in a, what appears to be a deli of some sort. Uh, yeah, it looks like a quasi-bodega where they also have, like, you can buy sandwiches. Yeah. The kind of place where you'd run into Richard Kind if it was located at 78th <laughs> Yes, Broadway. exactly right. Yeah, if it was on, on the Upper West Side, he would be in it every time you were in there. So he would, he would be there, too. Um, anyway, he, uh, he appears to recognize somebody behind the deli counter who we learn is a, a man named Barry. And... He, uh, you know, you could tell that like Barry, he knew, he knows from somebody else, somewhere else, and it's, you know, why is he working in a deli? And Barry says to him, "Look, you don't have to show pity for me." And Larry says, "No, I'm just, I was just surprised to see you here." Um, he, Larry orders some turkey and Swiss. If he asks if he ever runs into the end of any of the old SNL guys, and so now he starts to get a little bit of a hint of who Barry is. Barry explains that he couldn't write for TV anymore. Okay, so we know, you know, they must have, uh, they probably worked together on SNL, where uh, Larry David was very successful. Um, as he's making Larry's food, he seems he coughs for a second, which was very disgusting, especially right now to see. He just kind of carries on as if it was normal. Larry even comments on it, and the guy is still just like, yeah, yeah, haha. Like, other, I didn't like sneeze into the food. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but Larry uh, Barry, excuse me, is one of my least favorite curb characters. There's something very off-putting about him. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it might be the fact that he has a strong resemblance to my high school basketball coach. Interesting. I, I could see that. <laughs> Um, but but I, I love when Barry says it's really amazing that you came in here today. You could really help me out. And Larry lets out a very resigned guttural oi. <laughs> yeah, I mean they really paint this guy as just like a complete loser, um, just like won't speak up for himself. Like there's so many instances where like he just needs to clarify what really happened with something, and, and like he just like can't like no one believes him. He just doesn't. He's not convincing. I don't know what yeah. it is. He just must be – it seems like he just must be, like, such a fuck-up that, like, his father is like, basically disowned him. Well, he's uh, an asshole. And, and again, I do not have shy asshole confusion. He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he is. Yeah. They're really all assholes. We'll get to that later. <laughs> also true. <laughs> this, is not a, this is not a nice family. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so the, the you know they say start to try to catch up, ask how are things are going, and he says you know things are going great except for one thing, my dad is dying, but that's not really the thing that's not going great. The thing that's not going great <laughs> is that he's dying, but he's not yet dead because I can't get his money until he's actually dead. Yeah, and that's uh, that's 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 my character's motivation in this episode. Yes. It's also uh, the definition of a first world problem, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you could have like dictators in the third world whose uh, prince prince sons feel the same way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Barry says, you know, along those lines, would you mind lending me five thousand dollars, and I'll pay you back as soon as my dad dies. Yeah. Which will be very, which should hopefully be very soon. I think he says that. Um, so yeah. So basically, he's like asking Larry to basically, it's like some sort of like weird life insurance policy. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> but Larry's upside is just getting his money back. Yeah. And having uh, more interactions with this asshole. So like, we don't really see Larry answer, but then we immediately cut home to Cheryl, who's obviously very angry, and says, "Let me get this straight." You gave $5,000 to the acupuncturist, and then you gave another $5,000 to that asshole, Barry, confirming that everybody obviously thinks Barry's an asshole. Yeah. Um, so Larry says, well, no, not exactly, because A, the money to the acupuncturist, I'm only giving it to him if he cures me, which if he does, I'll be happy to give it to him to be cured. Yeah, Cheryl's totally wrong on this one. And B, Barry... 
is going to give the money back. And anyway, he's not an asshole. He's just shy. Yeah. You've got shy asshole confusion is the second all-time classic line from this season for me. The first one being I hate myself, but being Jewish has nothing to do with it. Um, I like shy asshole confusion. I, I use it as frequently as I can. Yeah, I I feel like I'm I really am on the other end of that. I feel like I can be very shy in new settings around new people, and I've been told that sometimes that I come off as an asshole as a result, and I'm really just yeah, shy. Yeah, I, I remember I was in – I spent – the summer when I uh, sort of unexpectedly broke up with my uh, now wife, then girlfriend, I was planning on going to Europe for the summer, and so I did. But instead of going with my girlfriend, I went with my sister, which is a very different experience. Yeah. I <laughs> and hope, so we I were hanging so. out – say it again? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> And um, we were hanging out with a group of my friends in London, and she was not being very social ever. And my friends basically said that, like, they were done hanging out with my sister because she was a bitch. And I was trying to tell her, you know, you've got to, like, open up a little bit more. And she said, you know, like, people always think I'm a bitch. I'm not a bitch. I'm just really shy. So there's also shy bitch confusion. Yeah. No, it really it, it cuts both ways. It's hard to yeah. tell sometimes. But, yeah, yeah, you do your best, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Who has the time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so immediately after we learn about shy asshole confusion, we learn about nice pussy. Yes, yes, yes. So Larry says the problem is that he just has trouble saying no. And Cheryl says, you know why? Because you're a pussy. Yeah. Which is very unexpected after Larry's basically, it's like he murdered somebody because he said the C word. And, but Cheryl's a lot, just like so cavalierly throw around the P word. Well, as Larry said, he should have just said pussy. Yeah, but still like Cheryl's okay with that. They're not like that far apart. They're like one is like not a big deal. The other one, it's like you murdered somebody. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I've had this exact same issue with Dr. Jen. Like, J- Dr. Jen's perspective is that, to her, I'm too much of an asshole, but to the rest of the world, I'm too much of a pussy. <laughs> yeah, I think and I have, I think like, I have that same. every other person that I could have conflict with, she always tells me that I'm being a pussy. And I'm like, I'm not being a pussy. I'm being nice. I'm not creating conflict for no reason. But then, of course, with her, it's the complete reverse. Yeah, I have I that. I actually e- pointed that out to her before. <laughs> I have that. I have that exact thing. It's like all the things she criticizes me for. I say, like, ask all the other people that I know um, if I do those things. I bet you they'll tell you that you don't. And she's like, Yeah, that's because like you don't do those things to them. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, well, I have told her. I'm like, I've told her. I said, I don't think like people will say many things about me. I don't think that they'll say like I'm too like demure or too much of a pussy. I think that's just Jen, you know, <laughs> wanting me to be the bad guy in situations so that you. Yeah, don't do you it. don't generally project as a person who uh, will put up with too much shit against them. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you'll go to the mattresses on like who was like the, the who's well, the ninety? If, if it's something deeply offensive, like someone ranked a guy the forty second <laughs> yeah. best player in nineteen seventy three when he was clearly the thirty eighth best player. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. principles, and you know, you have to stand up for something. Yeah, that's an emergency podcast. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So uh, Larry says, actually, he's not a pussy. He's just nice. And Cheryl has a nice pussy confusion. Yeah. Um, so Larry way, says, it's probably not a good thing that I see so many shades of my relation with my wife between Larry and uh, Cheryl. I, just, I, I told you that on the first podcast. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I was and like, I by the I, way, I, I, I watched this, and I'm like, Cheryl is like totally Dr. Jen. You're like, what are you talking about? And then you yeah. told me, you're like, you know what? I think you were, you're onto it. Because like you, yeah. the thing where like she always uh, blames you even though it wasn't your fault, you say. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see if I'm single in season six. Or yeah. Not. Maybe we could do like a series finale with her. Yeah. To reflect <laughs> on their relationship over, your relationship over 10 seasons. Listen, it's be- better Cheryl than Susie. Oh, for, for sure. <laughs> Cheryl, no, Cheryl overall is good. Yeah. 
I married her, so obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's mostly good. She's annoying sometimes, but she's yeah. mostly good. Um. Anyway, Larry says, by the way, I also kind of accepted an invitation to his wife's surprise birthday party. I just like, wasn't able to say no to him. Cheryl's like, great. Again, Larry getting her has to schlep the things that she has no interest in being at because yeah. he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, so suddenly there's a knock at the door and the guy opens, he opens the door and the guy says, I have flowers for Larry David. Cheryl asks if it's from his mistress and Larry says he wishes um, yeah. yeah, which is, I think, the exact joke that I would make in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, as if, su- as if such. Yeah, like, I have time to pull off a mistress. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Cheryl uh, jokingly asks if he gave... I think a- I actually did that on, on Mother's Day. I, I got her uh, two dozen roses. Oh, nice. And she, said, and she said, two dozen? I said, well, one was supposed to be for the mistress, but you know, <laughs> they- there's a coronavirus. I'm stuck here, so you get both. Yes, very good. Yeah. Um, and... Um, he says, she asks uh, as a joke, like, oh, so did you get you give a $5,000 tip to the delivery guy? <laughs> I thought that was a very funny line. Which, by the way, would be a nice thing for Larry to do. I mean, maybe not 5000 but he should be giving 50 or 100 He's got lots of money, you know. Yeah, but just because you have money. People, I, I, I've generally found now, that- Charles Barkley, there's athletes who are famous for being, like, very, very generous tippers. I think, I think Barkley often asks people, what's the biggest tip you've ever gotten? And then he'll, like, top it or match it. All right. Well, that's uh, certainly Pay incentive. To the little man. <laughs> that's certainly incentive to lie. If a uh, hundred billion dollars, yeah. <laughs> Pay up, Charles. Then, then he throws you through a plate glass window. So. Yeah, yeah. So you should, you should. Uh, all right, one million dollars. Yeah. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. <laughs> Very true. Um, all right. So um, turns out that they are from the acupuncturist. He has sent flowers to Larry and. And by the way, spoiler alert, this is a story that will never be resolved. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, but I was going to say, and the, the Davids are very confused as to why, as is the audience, as the audience remains through the duration of the episode. <laughs> and 20 years later, yeah. It never, it never makes sense. It's never explained. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a storyline from the room. It's like the flowers never come back. Yeah. Um. Anyway, okay, so we go over to... Right, I, this is the second room reference I've heard from you in 24 hours, because I was listening to another podcast you did, I think like a month ago, where oh, you yeah. guys discussed the room. I talk about the room a lot. It's, yeah. uh, it's very quotable. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, people are people. Yeah. So um, we cut over to him with having lunch with Jeff, and he's kind of just like, catching, up, catching him up on a few things that are going, have been going on. Uh, it's a good. It's yeah. a good. Like uh, previously on the last ten minutes of Curb, yeah. right here. <laughs> um, so he's telling him about Barry and how it was depressing to see him working the deli. Jeff didn't really know that that's what was going on. He tells them they were invited to the birthday party too. Jeff says, "Oh, he's going too. Let's go together." Yeah, classic sitcom story where there's a character who you'll never see before or after, but right. here he's all of a sudden friends right, with everyone. Right. He's friends with everyone. They're all going to the yeah. party. I mean, Seinfeld oh, does this all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes, it's yeah. just a like shortcut storytelling. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, and we also have all these friends out in the Hamptons. Yeah. Um, he asks Jeff what he thinks about the flowers situation. Yeah. Uh, Jeff suggests that it's a Japanese gay thing, yeah. um, which this did not age well. They keep going back yeah. to the well, well on Jeff this. Jeff actually, and this is another Seinfeld reference, in this case I'm positive, was neither intentional nor realized by Larry. Uh, Elaine's father famously says that everybody's gay and everything's gay. Uh-huh. Jeff thinks everything's gay. He says you can't be an effeminate man and not be gay. Right. Now he says that the, the doctor who gave Larry orchids is gay. <laughs> Everybody's gay to Jeff. Yeah. So does that mean that he's gay? No, probably not. He, he seems he seems to like having sex with women a lot. Yeah. He he's not a person who really uh, controls his inhibitions. So if he was gay, we would know about it. Yeah, I think we, so. we've he, seen his porn collection. He seems to be very into girls. Yeah. Or women, I guess it would be respectful to talk about who 
Well, yeah. unfortunately, in his case, I think they're often girls. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit. Of a Again, he bears a passing resemblance to somebody for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah, no accident. Um. Okay. So. He's, all right. So Jeff says, uh, "It's a Jap. Maybe it's a Japanese gay thing for some reason." Larry's very, very weirded out. He says, "You know what? I think I'm not going to go back to him." Jeff agrees. He also would go back. These these people they have very, <laughs> very stupid reasons for not for ceasing their doctor relationships. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wears so where wears a speedo. That relationship's over. Yeah, Someone that's over. Flowers, that relationship is definitely yeah. over. You don't like the way that they manage their waiting room. It's like a whole ordeal. Yeah. Like, you know, just just see the doctor. It's like He's going to run out of people eventually. I mean, LA's not that. Look, it's a one hotel town. It's so. one hotel town. There's one doctor. There's one lawyer. They happen to be married. Um, anyway, um, so the waiter, uh, Larry notices the waiter is Asian or I guess in Japanese. I guess it's, it's, it's implied that he's. To be fair, it's a Japanese restaurant. Right. It's Japanese restaurant. Okay. So he's probably Japanese. Yeah. Um, and he asks him. Here comes another story that will never be resolved. <laughs> yeah. This is, right. That makes no sense. This is not a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it, he asks him, is it common in Japan for a man to send another man orchids? Yeah. Um, so the man reacts very weirdly. He says something in yeah. Japanese. Like he's clearly he doesn't like what Larry said. Um, and Did you Google this, by the way? Is it? Can we find out what the waiter was saying? Because there's uh, no subtitles provided. No, I did not. Yeah. So I guess there's no, you know, maybe yeah, you know, I'll look it up after. If, if the listener happens to know, let us know. Yeah, or I mean, maybe I hope at least it was actually Japanese and not like you know just. Uh, gibberish yeah i don't think anyone wrote in about it um i'll try to look it up and we could always uh we'll put it back in our feedback for next episode as a reminder yeah, or something okay. if, if we find something good but yeah but but it, it appears as if he's deeply offended why we don't know yeah um so and we'll never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll never know unless we do some research but we won't know from the episode yeah um and so they're saying you know we opened up a can of worms that guy is really weird like what's going on here um, anyway, that kind of just fizzles out, and all of a sudden, this guy named Joel walks over. He's played by Scott Adsit from Thirty Rock. Um, yeah. Larry introduces him. Yeah, this is my manager, Jeff. This is my uh, trust and estates lawyer, Joel. He's working on my will right now. Um, and turns out, Jeff, when I die, you're going to get all my money. Um, Jeff, Jeff jokes that yeah, I'm sure Cheryl will love that, um, which of course she won't. But I think Jeff won't really care because he'll have what sounds like to be hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, although I think you can't really even do that in a will. I think, you know, you can't like screw over your wife that much. If I recall yeah. from the bar, there's like rules about that. Yes. Um, so haha, Jeff jokes on you. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, Larry notices Joel's casual attire. He asks him what's going on. Are you working? Uh, he says, sure. It's just casual Friday. Larry says he doesn't like that. Um, and the reason why he doesn't like that is actually a reason that I've, that I've really related to. Um, and that he says that here encroaching on my territory, that he wants like the working people to be uncomfortable all the time. So that way he feels like he's special because he's not working, that he gets to be like relaxed. Um, and like I, when I've gone like through time periods where like I wasn't working because just like either I lost my job or just like I decided to be lazy, even like the summer between something, I'm just like sitting around all day. I always felt like the days where there was like a holiday, I would be like, mm, it's like annoying. Like I'm only, I'm supposed to be off. Like you're all supposed to be working and I'm supposed to have like, it doesn't, it's not special today. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, this opposition to casual Friday, 
in 2001 seems very dated in 2020, not just because obviously right now everybody's working from home and, and everybody's casual all the time, but because – Well, it's precisely I, that. What he, de- what he describes as like a doomsday scenario is exactly the case right now when everyone's like, this is great. Yeah. But I even think just in general, I think that we're in a much more casual professional atmosphere now than we were 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, but Larry doesn't like it because I guess you said you know he wants to separate himself from the, uh, from the masses. Yeah, they shouldn't get the benefits. They should be working. They should have to be. Yeah. They, have to be they have to wear ties. Why don't they come up with a five hundred million dollar TV show? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, so Jeff jokes. You know, you should come by on Tuesday. We call that Naked Tuesday. Uh, Larry says, you know, in five to ten years, exactly. He says, you know, it's going to be Casual Monday, and it's going to be a sad state of affairs. People like you walking around like just like people like me. Larry doesn't. Yeah. doesn't Larry can't have that. Yeah, this is right. I like this. This this little uh, back and forth here. I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, the waiter brings over the food, and it's like some sort of dish. I guess Larry was excited to have it. He was talking about it earlier that like you light it on fire, and I always get very excited for these types of dishes at restaurants. Yeah, it's such it's such a scam, but I always do also. Yeah, if something just, is lit on fire, a drink or or an appetizer or a dessert. I'm ordering it every time. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It makes and it they probably fun. charge me twenty percent more. Yeah, whatever. It's whatever. You're go, you're going yeah. out to eat. You're like you know you're not getting your money's worth in terms of actual food. Like you're going for an yeah. experience. Yeah, I can't do this at home. So yeah, certainly not. Um. Anyway, so uh, as he's doing that, Jeff's, you know, talking to Larry, saying, you know, I'm, set, I'm setting up a meeting for you at uh, ABC with Julia. You know, all of a sudden, we see the waiter's arm has caught on fire, and Larry pours quickly, as like a hero, heroically, yeah. <laughs> grabs water, pours it on the waiter to put out the fire, and, you know, s- s- save his life, maybe, at least save him from getting hurt, saving other people from getting hurt. Instead of being congratulated for this, this waiter like seems to curse at him in Japanese and is very angry at him. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> well, I'm sure later in the episode this whole uh, affair will be explained. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are back at home and Cheryl is angry that Jeff is running late. Um, he wants to go without him. All of a sudden he knocks on the door. Larry says, All right, fine, good. Uh, Jeff says he was late because room service was late with his food, and it was at this moment that I remembered that Jeff has been kicked out of the house, and that's an ongoing thing. Yeah. I hadn't realized so, that in this entire They don't, they don't make a story about it, yeah. So I, I wonder if it's – I mean, it's, it's very strange that they have this as like a season-long storyline, but they rarely reference well, it. Well, back to what we talked about earlier, is it possible that this was supposed to be back-to-back back with the trick-or-treat? Well, it also might be, frankly, that you know Jeff wasn't yet a big character in the show. Right. So they have a story for him, but they don't necessarily feel the need to work it into every episode. Yeah, no, that could that could certainly be. But maybe yeah. uh maybe I'll look into it, see if there's anything yeah. to that uh timeline issue. Um anyway, so Larry comes down. Cheryl doesn't like Larry's outfit. He thinks her pet her his pants are I just I think if the order's different, I'm thinking aloud, like the episodes with, with Jason and Elaine wouldn't work and uh, Julia. Oh uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Okay. All right, so we can scratch that. Um, so Cheryl, uh, she doesn't like Larry's pants. Yeah. She, he, she thinks they're too casual. They're too blue. Well, she vetoes Larry's corduroys, but she doesn't even know the difference in corduroys and jeans. Yeah. It was very, very bizarre. Yes. Very strange. Also, why should she care what he's wearing? Yeah, he's always this... casual and he's going to the party of a, somebody that she's already professed to have no interest in. Yeah. It's all very strange. Also, it, it yeah. made me think like, I would hate to go to these types of parties where it's yeah. like, just like random people and like, you don't really know them and like, just make small talk. Ugh, I hate that stuff. Yeah, it's terrible. Listen, there's upsides to coronavirus. Yeah, but especially just like these like L.A. parties, I feel like I would be miserable at. 
Sorry if you're from LA. I just, you know, <laughs> there's something about it that's unappealing to me, those types of parties. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Jeff agrees that Larry looks terrible and he should definitely go change. <laughs> Larry says, oh, coming from you, the guy with the lime green t-shirt, but Jeff thinks it looks good and Cheryl actually agrees. Yeah. So basically, Which I assume she's just... I don't think she's pacifying Jeff as much as yeah. trying to stick it to Larry that like... He's basically making it sound like only like everyone agrees that you're a slob and everyone else looks good. Yeah, so just like but I can't believe that Cheryl actually likes Jeff's lime green. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think Jeff looked good, but Jeff doesn't yeah. look good in much. Yeah, nor do I. Nothing personal. It's you know. <laughs> so Jeff should not be offended if he's listening to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I mean Jeff, if you're listening. You're a great character. Yeah. Listen, if you're listening, come on and be a guest and uh, shoot, uh, you know, hit back it off as hard as you want. Yeah, Jeff Garland, Jeff Garland is welcome on the podcast at any time. In case yeah. that wasn't clear. Like, every somewhere. podcast I've ever heard him on, he's an asshole. So he's welcome to be on ours and be an asshole here also. Yeah. Um, all right. So we uh, we head on over to the party. And we we see Cheryl and, and Larry and Jeff arrive. And as they're walking in, at the very same time, Barry and his wife Carol are walking, walking in. And yeah. they're like, all of a sudden, what the hell are you doing here? This is so random. And Larry makes up a story about how, oh, I saw him in a deli and I left my glasses, my sunglasses there and I told him I was going to come pick him up. Uh, which still kind of which isn't, by the way, not terrible yet. No, I think they not, can get away with the lot. Not terrible on his feet. It's point. still very weird that like all three of them are coming to pick up the sunglasses. Yeah, they're on their way somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and but then she's like, but then she sees like Cheryl's holding a gift, and she's like, yeah. "You're holding a gift. Today's my birthday. Is that for me?" And yeah. Cheryl's and like, "Yeah." That's the part where Cheryl ruins it. Cheryl should say no. <laughs> right. I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, this is a tough. This is like you know. I guess they could have planned for this, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough to be put on the spot here. Uh, they do. I think she does the best she could. Uh, well, she's the like, question is, are they on the spot? Like the only rule of a surprise birthday party is to show up when they tell you to show up, or much later. There's yeah. like a, a ten minute window when you can't show up. Yeah. So if they knew they were showing up during that ten minute window, it's a terrible job by Larry slash Cheryl slash Jeff, and it's just very. They should have known about it. Like, they should be aware. Like, oh, well, he, sh- he said, you know, don't come at this time and this time unless Barry did a bad job telling them. Yeah, I, I mean, know. we're not given a lot of evidence either way. Yeah. I mean, we know we know they're late. Yeah. So they, we there d- was a delay caused by uh, Cheryl's rejection of Larry's uh, corduroys. <laughs> Plus Jeff's room service. So, yes. we, so we know yes. that they were pretty late because they were already late. To, Jeff was already late. Yeah. The and then Larry probably delayed more. Larry's changing of outfit probably took less than 90 seconds. Yeah, it should. Uh, yeah. But you never know with him. He could make anything yeah. into a whole thing. By the way, it makes no sense. Why did Jeff want them to drive him? Like, why limit your ability to leave whenever you want? It makes no sense. Um, I could see if you like, you want to just like you don't want to arrive alone somewhere. Like it's like like you feel like it's better to like arrive together with other people. Maybe it's like or we're just planning like, on getting very drunk. I guess in the pre Uber days. Yeah, that too. That could be. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So basically, uh, the jig is up. She figures out what's going on. They're basically like, fuck you. You ruined the surprise. <laughs> she tells Larry, uh, you are so selfish, which I think is like not at all the right description of what yeah. happened here. Like you could say yeah. he's like incompetent or like thoughtless. Yeah. Or it's like, like self, like he didn't like make a decision. Also, to... why did she pin 100% of the blame on the tardiness on Larry? Because of what Jeff said? Right. Also, that's all the evidence she needs. Also, maybe well, should Jeff be covering for his client here? Maybe that's her. Yeah. Maybe her husband like screwed up something. Like, who the hell knows what yeah. happened? Like, you're already just. I got. I mean, it's like uh, it's almost like Larry has like strict liability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like if something goes wrong and Larry David's around, it's probably Larry David's fault. Yeah. 
<laughs> By the way, you said at the top of the episode, and I hadn't thought about it, but this is a good example of what you were saying, where Barry just watches an entire scene unfold and says nothing and does nothing. Yeah, he does it right. He knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. He 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 makes no, he doesn't lift the slightest finger to assist anybody. His wife, Larry. Yeah, anybody. yeah. He's um he's a character that appears sometimes in movies. I, there was a movie I saw him in. Oh, it was in. Shoot, I can't remember. Um, it was a movie where a uh, a girl has a baby for like her sister or something. Anyway, there's like the character who just like doesn't want to get involved because like he just like doesn't want to be part of the argument and like have to pick sides. As like is like yeah. one of my favorite characters in shows. Well, it's a common thing in Curb this season where Larry's always turning to the crowd for support and not getting it. <laughs> right. In waiting rooms and whatnot. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, to me, like, we see that. So then they walk into the party and everybody says surprise. Right. She's like, yeah, great, thanks. Yeah, including Doug Benson. And, and Car- yes. Carol, Carol, which is Barry's wife, she is the biggest asshole alive. Like, no one's <laughs> ever surprised at a surprise birthday party. You just need to pretend. Um, yeah, Why I ruin the effort for everybody there? And say, yeah, I already knew it's all there. Let's just say, oh my god, thank you guys. You all made an effort. Why yeah. should I be an asshole to a whole group of people? Except that I'm just a miserable asshole married to a miserable asshole. Right. So. Also, it's like what happened here is that you got surprised like eight seconds earlier <laughs> than you were going to get surprised. So it's like I get I'm that it wasn't saying, as exciting. It wasn't most as times that I've been involved with a surprise birthday party in my life. A surprise party uh, on one side or the other. I became. Aware, like it, it was clear that the person became aware of it prior to officially it happening. Right. But they play dumb because they see people putting an effort together, right. and why shit on people when they're making an effort? For right. Them? And just like let it, like make it have it be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, you know, Carol can complain to Barry later, but to complain to the whole group, just she, she's a bad person. Also, they deserve each other. <laughs> yeah, they're all. It's a very bad family. Yeah. <laughs> I think we. I think we mentioned that already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so she, um, everyone is upset that she knew, and Larry and Jeff are blaming each other, saying, each of them saying it was the other one's fault that we were late. Uh, the party continues, we hear Carol just, like, talking to somebody else, she's still upset about this, can you believe what they did to me? Which, again, is, like, so, like, they didn't do something to you, like, they were, like, they screwed up. Yeah, at worst. a terrible person. Yeah, there's, like, there's, no, there's no other way to justify this. This wasn't, like, intentional, they didn't try to fuck, o- fuck you over and ruin your birthday yeah. party. What a horrible life you've yeah, had. Yeah, they were just what like... Deep deep suffering and yeah, tragedy. they were just like clumsy. Yeah. But this is better than... We cut to Larry's conversation, where Larry is anti the Civil War, which you were talking <laughs> about takes that uh, don't age well. I don't yes. know if this one aged well in 2001, but... I wrote... I wrote um, Larry says, wonders why we ended the Civil War. Was it to save the Union? Who cares? Do you really need <laughs> the South? And I wrote that in big letters, this is a hot take. <laughs> Yeah, a very very hot take. Um, but the other guy, who's he talking to? I forget this this conversation. Um, he's talking to Barry. He's talking to Barry. Barry yeah. just agrees with him. Well, I shouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Barry's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Why did we need the South? Yeah. All right, so they're slaves. Who cares? You know. <laughs> yeah, but also we very very, but... very very unusual take for Larry to drop here. Yeah, well, it's not just that they would they were slaves; they had seceded. We would just have gone our separate ways. That would have been very. That would probably have to be worked out at some point. Like we share a lot of like <laughs> land in common and things like that. You know. Yeah. And I wouldn't be like a seamless transition to you yeah. know, different countries. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Then he transitions to complaining that he didn't get outfit approval tonight. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is which is another line from this episode that I use. Yeah, outfit approval is good. Um, and meanwhile, Cheryl's talking to Barry's dad. So we have like a uh, talking, flirting, flirting. Yeah, yeah. So we have like a kind of like a you know an incest. You know, father and father and son, wife and daughter, wife and husband going on here. <laughs> um, 
he uh they're talking to it's and this is played by ed asner by the way um she uh, he asks her what she does she tells him she works for the nrdc which is an environmental group he says he wishes his son could get a job and get something like that but you know he has no chance because apparently he's a big screw up yeah um cheryl's telling dad you know we actually need money and he says well i have money which is generally what happens when when rich people hear that somebody wants money, they, yeah. they immediately volunteer money. Yeah. Well, but he's clearly trying to get in Cheryl's pants here. Yeah, I guess. Can uh, I just say Cheryl's flirting makes me very uncomfortable? Yeah, the it's sort of fake high voice she uses. It reminds me of Monica's bad flirting in the college flap flashback episode of Friends. Uh huh. Where she sort of like does this like little falsetto voice and this little fake laugh. In that case, Monica ends up accidentally severing a toe. Yes. In this case, Cheryl will end up uh, doing far worse damage actually to Mr. Weiner. Uh, yeah, arguably. Uh, well, I don't think it's. I think dying is worse than losing a toe. Well, I would. I would actually argue that she caused it. Yeah, she's not as directly involved. That's true. Um. Anyway, so uh, she suggests, why don't we have lunch to talk about you know the donation? Also, I'd like to get you know maybe we should all just get to know each other. Um, and that, you know, she agrees. He, he says that she is very charming and beautiful, and he doesn't understand how that schlep ever married her. Yeah. Which, now, is Mr. Wiener married? Not that it seems like he would care. But. Yeah, um, it doesn't, I don't think we have any evidence that he is. Yeah. If he was, she'd probably appear, since we will uh, soon be at his uh, shiva and many other events. So. Yeah, yeah, we probably would see her. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cheryl seems to be, is, is much more okay with this than you would think, based on what we've known about her until now. Yeah, well, she's, yeah, she's, uh, she'll, she'll put out for the environment, I guess. Yeah, or, well, she won't put out, but she'll, like, go out with the she'll guy flirt. for lunch and let him, you know, yeah. fantasize for two hours that it might it. happen, yeah. and then he'll make it. Listen, she's committed to the cause. You got to respect that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that's, that's part of fundraising. I mean, that's what she did in real life, uh, Lori David, who ended up uh, dating Al Gore, so. Right, all right. That's, that's committed to the cause. <laughs> yeah, uh, Al Gore is probably more committed to the environment than Larry David, if I had to guess. Yeah. Is that, is that why Lori left Larry? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Larry yeah. wasn't uh, eco-friendly enough. Yeah. Why can't you be like this guy, the former vice president? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. a very impressive job. Like, you're married to Larry David. And you're like, well, it's hard to go up from here, but she did. Yeah. So she must be quite a catch. Yeah, she must be. We yeah. should uh, maybe, if she wants to come on, uh, she could come and tell us uh, her story. Lori David. She's obviously yeah, a very impressive podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, where were we? Uh, Larry, uh, so comes Larry over walks to, uh, over and yeah. uh, Cheryl goes to the bathroom and they agree Larry can't fill in for her but they'll do his best and like Larry wants to make sure she's going to be quick like they're both like they don't really want to be talking to each other it seems like um, Larry tries to break the ice by asking him if he knows if it's a custom in Japan for a man to send orchids to another man perhaps in a professional yeah. setting um, and to which, uh, Mr. Weiner and Ed Asner both look exactly like the kind of person who would have an accurate answer to this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he says he has no idea. For all he knows, they might take yeah. it up the ass in Japan. Which, yeah, again, again, everyone is. That doesn't, doesn't yeah. age so well. Although, again, neither does Ed Asner's character. So that's yeah. Okay. Everyone assumes that there's like some gay innuendo around the orchid, the Japanese yeah. orchids. Well, Mr. Weiner thinks, yeah, that's what the, everyone's doing in Japan. Well, and Jeff also, like, immediately went, his like, yes. mind went to hit something, hit something gay. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Maybe that's why Ed Asner wasn't married. Mr. Weiner wasn't married. Yeah. Um, he says, so he asked Larry, so what are you up to? He said, this is a ridiculous conversation. <laughs> he says, uh, he's working on a new show with Julia Louise Dreyfus. And she says, really, Julia? How do you know Julia? Larry says, well, I worked with her on the show, on Seinfeld. She's like, you worked on Seinfeld? 
she says, yeah, I was the co-creator. And he says, wow, you must have made a bundle. To which Larry yeah. says, yeah, I did okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this just seems unlikely, right? Yeah, how did Mr. Wiener make his money? Because he doesn't seem to act like someone who... Uh, yeah, he's very, into, he's very into money. Yeah. He likes to like talk about how much money he has and how much money other people have. Yes. He's very forward about that. Yeah. Listen, uh, he, he knows his uh, estate lawyer's travel plans at all times, so... Yes. Um, he <laughs> learn momentarily. So he tells Larry, you know, you're really a lucky bastard. He really, you know, Larry's obviously living this, like, very charmed life, uh, which is definitely true. For, as, for, for a man who's exposed to be as big an idiot as Larry David is, he's, leaving, he's probably leading the best version of his possible life. Yes. Um, and Larry says, you know, what I was really lucky to have, Larry really lays it on thick here, <laughs> was a father <laughs> who was so supportive of me that he found out that I was working in a dry cleaner and he gave me some money and he said, you know, if I'm going to give it to you when I'm dead, I should give it to you while I'm alive. And because he gave me that money, I was able to start writing and I was able to get my life together and it really, really helped. Yeah. And I, and I bought a big TV for my father to watch, which right. seems like a weird yeah. thing, a weird selling point. Well, he was trying to make it, and like, and it was good, and it, and it uh, he got the the benefits of it, like it paid back to yeah. him. He was able to come visit to me and have yeah. a nice. But time. if I if I took a loan from someone and then bought a big flat screen TV, I wouldn't say, "Hey, listen, it's good for you when you come visit." There's a TV. For you to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's, up, it's you could it's an argument you could try. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can I borrow five thousand dollars? So the dad like immediately has a reaction to this. Like he's had an epiphany, it seems. Um, and he asks Larry, "Do you know a good estates lawyer?" Larry recommends Joel. And he says he has to make a change to his will right away. And of course, yeah, we're right away. And, and his guy's in Acapulco, which right. he knows, of course. And he can't wait for him to come back from Acapulco. <laughs> because right, must this, be done right away. Must be done right which, away. Which, in hindsight, he's correct. He, he couldn't afford to wait. Yeah, actually, yeah, he wouldn't have known. Um, yeah. I guess he's. I guess he sensed it. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, this is supposed to be a misdirect. We are expected to believe that uh, he's going to change it to you know give the son his money. He realizes Larry made an impression on him, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so Larry's on the phone. He's back at home. He's on the phone with Cheryl. She's telling him now that she's about to go meet Barry's dad at the restaurant. Um, all of a sudden, Barry pulls up. He's very angry at Larry. He wants to know what yeah. he did. So angry, um, he needs to drive over to Larry's house to give him this update. Yeah, it turns out yeah. dad is cutting Barry out because, and he's giving all his money to the NRDC. And obviously, you and Cheryl ganged up somehow, and like you tricked him, and like yeah. you, you did this up. And like, I guess that's I'm obviously sorry. what he should conclude based on what happened to some extent. Like, specifically that the money is now going to Cheryl now makes you think that, like, oh, I gave Larry this opening and, like, he somehow got my father to give oh, money. Oh, I thought that's insane. So you think it's justifiable, this conspiracy that he's – I can see why somebody in the state of mind that Barry would obviously be upon hearing this news and see what happened would – have enough evidence to conclude that, even if it's like ultimately not like a reasonable thing to conclude. But if you know Larry, you know that Larry like doesn't give a shit about the NRDC and just wants his five thousand dollars back. <laughs> Probably, but like I could see why when like you like like I just got disowned by your father and lost all this money, and like you see this is where the money went because of something that this guy said. Yeah, like right, so you're more generous to Barry. Uh, yeah, I mean I think he's an asshole, so he doesn't deserve that much benefit of the doubt and generosity. But yeah, you know I still you know have sympathy for somebody to who who to have that happen to him when in this exact instance he didn't. It's not his fault. Like he didn't tell Larry to do that. Yeah, Larry was just trying to help out. Yeah, Larry was trying to help out, but like maybe yeah. if Larry would have asked, should I do that? He would have told him no. Like that's the worst thing you could do if you do that. My father will disown me because like he'll yeah. he'll know it's coming from me, and like he's he, like that's that's gonna like trigger him. So like he's like he doesn't really do him any favors if he doesn't really know the situation. 
it sounds like this is a very fickle guy who <laughs> prone to rash decisions. So yes, <laughs> probably he knew that probably uh, Barry was in a better position to evaluate that than yeah. Larry. Anyway, um, so you know we're kind of going back and forth between uh, two scenes. Um, we cut over to the lawyer office where the dad goes in to meet Joel, uh, but he notices his casual attire. He says he looks like a fucking cowboy. He belongs in Dallas, not LA, and he's taking his business elsewhere because he's too yeah. casual. Fine. So we go back to Larry. Barry says, "If you can only come back on a Monday or a Tuesday, right?" right yes. Um, you go back to Larry. He's with Barry. He says Larry has to go speak to his dad and tell him he wasn't behind him. Like he's gonna, you got, you screwed me. Um, it's the phone. All of a sudden, the phone rings. You're like, "All right, this storyline." The acupuncturist <laughs> office is calling. He asks how Larry's doing. He says, "I'm better," and he doesn't need another appointment. Which we know the reason why he doesn't want need another appointment is because he doesn't want another appointment with this acupuncturist because of the f- weird flowers thing. It's not that he doesn't need further acupuncture because he's yeah. not completely better. It, it's funny when I actually saw this episode uh, in the most recent viewing last week, a couple of days ago. I had sort of forgotten about that. I thought the reason he just says that is because at this exact moment he's sort of flustered by the Barry situation and isn't have time to concentrate. He's like, I'm better, I'm better, like, leave me alone. I totally forgot. Oh, no, you're right. He actually wants to avoid this doctor permanently, which actually does mean that he's intending to renege on the bet, actually. So I think that, um, you know, he has a right to distance himself because the man gave him work. It's as insane as that may be. But he doesn't have a right to not give the guy the $5,000. Right. Well, I guess what I would argue, and this is kind of like Kramer with the levels, uh, but (laughs) – There's no bet off. No, no. But I think arguably here it makes more sense. You could say that I – there could be like a middle road where if I don't get better because I quit, I don't pay you the $5,000, but then I pay you for those sessions. Like well, the but ba- then that's sort of the same thing he was worried about in the first place, which is that you're not a man of honor. You're, you're not going to give me the. You're not going to give me the opportunity to cure you. Oh, I thought he was. It's just that you were going to say you're not better, even though you really were. Just keep the five thousand. Well, but this is this is similar. It's, yeah. I'm not even going to give you the chance to to cure me. We made a bet, and whether it's for whatever reason you have, you're walking away before I get a chance to earn my money. So, yeah, but like, what if Larry, he actually does? Larry's some- acting like his family tradition of lacking honor here. Okay, but what if Larry leaves for a reasonable reason? Like the guy is like verbally abusive, and he's like, "All right, I'm not going back to this." Well, okay, first. fine. So, but I I would not argue that having received orchids is <laughs> a very reasonable reason to terminate the relationship. I mean, it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. I guess that's homophobia because he thinks that it might be a gay thing, and therefore he doesn't want to participate in it. It's very odd. I I don't know what the yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it is weird. It is homophobia because later when Larry meets the doctor's wife is when he reverses course and decides he does want to deal with this doctor again. Yeah. I mean, I've never been sent flowers by a doctor. Like, that's not a thing. Yes. Yeah. But if you were, you wouldn't be offended at cancer. I wouldn't be offended, but I might just... You'd be confused. Yeah, I'd be just confused. Yeah. Like, what but this is, was what also... Is this? this was a non-traditional medical appointment because right. you made, like, a $5,000 bet. Yeah, the truth is, so if, if I... The guy, if the guy sent you a bottle of scotch to say, hey, you know, we got a bet going, let's see how things go, enjoy this drink, I think that's a more realistic type of thing to receive. Right. So Orchids is the, uh, the Japanese acupuncturist's version of a bottle of scotch or yeah. a bottle of wine. I suppose. Yeah. Um, not that a lot of doc- my doctors are sending me bottles of wine, but. Not yeah. that I have any doctors, actually. <laughs> um, so Barry says, all right, you got to fix this man. And Larry says, you know, uh, right now Cheryl is at lunch with your father. So yeah, presumably we'll head over there. Giddy up. So we go over to the restaurant, and Mr. Wiener and Cheryl are drinking sake. Cheryl thinks she's had enough, but he's clearly trying to date rape her. <laughs> and get her to drink more sake. 
Uh, so all of a sudden, Larry walks in. They're surprised to see him. He tells Dizad, you know, Barry, Barry didn't put me up to it. I said it on my own. Don't punish him because of something that I said. But the dad seems very skeptical. Like, he thinks he's still, like, being hoodwinked. Um, yeah. Walter. And this is a conversation that clearly came from Barry. So, ironically. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, the evil waiter from before <laughs> comes back and he sees Larry. He throws water at him. <laughs> So I was supposed to believe that the waiter didn't realize he was on fire. He just thinks Larry threw water at him. I think that the waiter... I mean, we don't know because there's no explanation for anything to do with the orchids, anything to do with the waiter, anything to do with anything. But that's but the only I, thing that makes best, sense. Is like My best guess is like he, that everybody's very sort of manly and homophobic in this in this episode. Larry will cancel a, rela- uh, a treatment from a doctor who he suspects might be gay. This uh, very manly... Asian uh, American waiter is so offended at being asked a question about orchids and he's even more offended then that someone else, a man poured water and put out a fire on him because the manly thing for him to do would be to let him suffer or put it out himself or something like that. All right. All right. We have no way to know. Yeah. My read is that was it? I I lost my train of thought. (laughs) What's your theory for why this man is so offended? Oh, my, 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 my read is that he didn't realize he was on fire and he thinks Larry just threw water at him for no reason. <laughs> but he if gets... he looks at his shirt, he'll see that it's like singed. And then, and then the next. How do you time, not know that you're on fire? I'm just, I'm just looking at what the, the sequence of events. He, <laughs> yeah, okay. he gets water thrown on him by Larry, and he gets angry. And the next time he sees Larry, he throws water at him. Now we have a mutual friend who uh, tried to do this to me many years later. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. We should, I, I want to get that story, like the two of you telling it together at some point, because I'm. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. It, it was more of a story for him. For me, it's like yeah. a vague memory. Yeah, I don't remember anyway. It was like we were having a water fight at camp, and he didn't want to participate, and then I participated him against his will, and I poured water on him or something. He was in a car. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, so I mean, I... when you're not in the mood to be in a water fight, it's not good to be in a water fight. Yeah, fair. Um, but here's my issue. Why is Larry blamed for the death of Mr. Weiner? It's clearly the waiter's fault. In fact, the waiter could have liability. And if your estate's lawyer is in Acapulco, find yourself a, uh, a, a trial attorney here because this is a wrongful death termination, uh, wrongful death case right here. Yeah. Right. Oh, I the guy clearly is li- the restaurant has liability. Uh, because their the waiters waiter... going on pouring water on people, giving them heart attacks, they're dying in the yeah. restaurant. I mean, I don't know how foreseeable it is that like throwing a <laughs> cup of water will lead to someone's death. Where like yeah. that would be just like something that it's like, like it's not like he like threw a knife through the restaurant and like what did you think yeah. was going to happen? Yeah, like the most likely result is that like one guy was going to get wet, and I guess you could probably get fired <laughs> no, for that. Uh, that's fair. Okay, fine. Well, so you're an attorney for the uh, yeah. The I don't know. Here. I I don't know the like the law <laughs> that well, but like it's not clear cut to me. <laughs> But certainly in the uh, in the world of who are we blaming, the waiter should deserve much more blame than Larry. Yeah, Larry did nothing wrong. All yeah. Larry did was save the man's life <laughs> several yeah. days earlier from a fire. Yeah, <laughs> that is Larry's big misdeed yeah. for the waiter's perspective. Well, he ducked out of the way. He should have taken the the water bullet. Yeah, because he should have known that it could have killed uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Weiner. Yeah, but so... he wanted Mr. Weiner to die so that the NRDC could get all the money. It all comes full circle. So. Um... If there's any question as to uh, Mr. Wiener's fate, we immediately cut over to the Shiva house where his family is uh, observing Shiva for their recently deceased uh, father or uncle, etc. Including Um, the very mournful Doug Benson. Yeah. Cousin Doug. I think I could. I was trying to think. I didn't really look it up. I should have. Again, I I should have done more research for this episode than I did. Um, Could you recall depictions of Shiva earlier than this? 
earlier than Curb? Earlier than this episode. Like, this is, I think, very early to, like, see something, like, so specifically Jewish in this way. I, was there ever Shiva in Seinfeld? I don't think so. Well, they had people die. Yeah, when Manya died, they all went afterwards to um, someone's house, didn't they? Yeah, okay. I don't remember. I think so. Okay. And obviously there were brisses and other functions inside. Yeah. There, but okay. I mean, I might just be misremembering. Yeah. But... I, I think um, like uh, Jerry's parents seem to be flying up for funerals frequently. Right. Okay. But that's not and the then same. There's some kind of gathering. Yeah. But uh, it could be Shiva. Could be awake. You know. Right. Like, well, that's uh, what I'm saying. So, but, but meaning that like, so. this is like like Seinfeld was like very was very Jewish in just like a, a New York kind of way. Yeah. And like Herb like takes that up a notch and just becomes like really extra meaty Judaism. But is there anything explicitly Jewish about this? Is it even Shiva could just be gathering after a funeral, which again all cultures do. Uh, I don't know. This just like felt so clearly Shiva to me. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, to me also, because that's what I'm used to. But I think you could be not Jewish and look at this and see, oh, this seems just like a waker. This seems just like in my culture, right. whatever I you guess. do, you know. Yeah, I we guess. Get, we gather together at the home of, uh, you know, after a funeral, we get together, people, and, you know, with yeah. family and friends. And... Right. Yeah, I guess just like when you, right, when, it, when you know that it's like your thing, you just like recognize yeah. it as specifically your thing, but it yeah. could just as well work as a generic yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I think we see one or two yarmulkes still, don't we? Um, I wasn't paying that careful attention. Okay. Um. Okay, so... Larry, uh, he comes over to pay respects to the family together with uh, Cheryl and Jeff. Uh, he gives a kiss who again to- all drove in together. Yes, he uh, <laughs> gives a kiss to Carol, who cringes. Uh, Barry intro introduces Larry and Cheryl to everyone. Tells them that Larry was the last one to see his father alive. Uh, we see Larry's having a weird conversation with someone who refers himself to as a butt man. You know, he sells buttons to, to you know the garment manufacturers. I always, I always joke that like whenever you hear about like the richest people like ever, it's like, oh, what did they do? It's like, oh, they sold buttons, but not like the actual buttons. They sold like the slot that the button goes into. <laughs> yeah. But they like they had that on every pair of pants that was sold in the United States. So that's how yeah. they are worth four billion dollars. Yeah, it's always like like these like they did like they figured out some stupid thing and just like mass produced it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, Larry says he has a button story. It's like actually a belly button story. This is gibberish. What the hell is he doing? <laughs> this is the most it's insane. Insa- it's insanity. This is. I think this is the most insane moment of the series so far. He says, I got a belly button story for you. My best friend had a baby 15 years ago, and I was the godfather. I was in the delivery room. He asked me to cut the umbilical cord and I kind of boxed Godfathers it. don't do that, by the way. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not what they do generally. Yeah. Um, and and even, if you, even if they do, your friend Larry David, Larry David's not the kind of friend you bring into the delivery room to cut your child's umbilical cord. Yeah, it doesn't There's make, no way this is a true story. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and they asked me to cut the umbilical cord, and I botched it, and I mangled the whole belly button, and now yeah. the kid won't even talk to me. And the guy says, that's sad, and he walks away. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an, a, an absurd thing to, that's in a TV show. I don't know why that's yes. there. <laughs> um, so uh, Barry comes over. To, this, is a, this is a very inappropriate thing for Barry to be doing in public right now. <laughs> Barry is a complete shithead right here. Yes. <laughs> At the Shiva house, takes the cash. Out He's of like, pocket. okay, so like, Harry, by the way, because my father died here, you get your five thousand dollars. Well, but doesn't he says you came through? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he, was... he, belie- he he believes Larry killed his father and he's appreciative. <laughs> yes. He's like, Larry, you, right, you made it happen. I, I guess also he didn't have a chance to change his will yet, right? Yeah, that's the implication. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he um, presumably Barry got not just the five thousand, but the other. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. He got he got whatever his, yeah. he was going to get his portion before yeah. Larry David came into his life and yeah. ruined everything. <laughs> um. 
So uh, Carol congratulates Larry on getting your money back. Doug is surprised to learn about this. Carol fills him yes. in. Doug then accuses of Larry of being a bounty hunter who murdered yes. his, his uncle for five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like okay, let's take a step back here. Are you are you aware that Larry David is worth four hundred million dollars? Yeah, <laughs> he'll kill a man for five k. So he's gonna kill a man whom he just met. By the way, I would argue, like from what we've met of Mister Weiner, he's not the kind of guy you'd want to get close to if he was your uncle. So I would argue that Doug, nephew Doug, is only in this relationship because he's trying to get a piece of the money. Also, yeah, maybe he's maybe he wanted him to change the will. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, really, uh, Doug has been pulling the strings, yeah. and uh, uh, he got Barry blindsided him. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. By the way, Doug, I, I'm not sure at this point if he was known for. Now he had been actually on an episode of Friends, which we mentioned earlier in this episode. Do you remember when he was on Friends? No. They they uh, someone tries to set him up with Rachel, and Doug Benson walks in and introduces himself, and he says, "Oh, you work at Bloomingdale's. My mom calls it Bloomies. Bloomies. Yeah. That's that's Doug Benson. That's Doug Benson. Oh, I think about that guy all the time. Whenever so do I, I. Whenever I every see, time when, I have ever heard the word Bloomingdale's, yes. I think of that. Every time I go to Bloomingdale's to yeah, pick up something you. up, I drive by. I say Bloomies. And, and that's, I'm, that's like the first Doug Benson in my life. I'm sure. I didn't know that was him. They're very interesting. Yeah. I've tried to like his, some of his podcasts. I never really got into them. Uh, there was a stage like five or ten years ago where I was very into Doug Loves Movies and uh, some of his other. Po- I don't remember. Yeah, no, I I've, I've tried them here and there. Yeah, they just never stuck for me for whatever reason. Um. Anyway, um, everyone's very angry at Larry, yelling at Larry. Yeah, I googled it. I just confirmed. Yeah, it's uh, that is Doug Benson. Cool. Yeah. Um, so everyone's yelling at Larry that he killed the guy, the father. Uh, you knew he had a heart condition. You threw water at him. Larry's like, I didn't throw water at him. The waiter threw water at him. Yeah. Also, um, why did he know he had a heart condition? Yeah. Um, so did he course... explain that he had met this man once in his life? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, well, yeah. What are you talking about? Um, Doug puts Larry in a headlock. And he yells at him for murdering his uncle. Yeah. Um, so we head back over the next day, presumably, or a couple days later. Larry's back at the uh, acupuncturist's office. And the acupuncturist is kissing goodbye to a very attractive, younger-looking woman. And uh, Larry, he tells Larry that this is his wife. He refers to, uh, he tells Larry, he tells him he's very lucky. And he refers to Larry as Larry's son. So I was once when I was working in a uh, in a firm in the city way back when, and we dealt with international stuff. Um, I was ended up on a deal with a Japanese uh, attorney who would kept referring to me as Senensky son, and I think he like because they're confused how it is, but it was uh, everyone kept, was calling me Senensky son around the office for like three weeks. Uh, <laughs> not bad. Yeah. If you're in the need for a nickname, by the way. Yeah. No. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing a podcast where we give listeners nicknames in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so. I mean, do uh, yeah, I I have a thing. I, I think I have enough like different names that I have to go yeah. by. <laughs> so I, I don't think I need additional ones. I have like six yeah. six already different things that I have to respond to depending on the circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. So Larry explains that his neck hurts because somebody put him in a headlock. Which makes sense. Um, yeah. The doctor asks him, so, like, do you want to make another deal? Uh, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you already owe me $5,000. Maybe you could try to win it back this time. And Larry's very confused. Like, what do you mean? How, how did you win $5,000? What are you talking about? Uh, the doctor says, well, my, re- my receptionist told me that she called you and she asked you how you were doing and you said you were better. And Larry explains, no, this is just like a language issue. Like, I was, I was relatively better. I was improving but I wasn't better as in healed. 
that you just gave Larry way too much credit. Larry didn't even say that. Larry just keeps saying better doesn't mean better in English. Better means better. I think that's exactly what he's saying. Well, he that, that's what he's trying to say. But yeah. he, he is he's a very very bad uh, explainer. He's not articulating it well. That is that is yeah. what he that is what he means. Yeah. Yeah, and also it's slightly racist to or xenophobic to assume that this guy's English is worse than yours just because he has an accent. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he bases the whole yeah. Um, he should have just said, "Listen, you sent me orchids. I thought you were gay. I didn't <laughs> want a gay acupuncturist. Now I see that you have a hot, attractive female wife, and so now I'm willing to work with you again. And I lied before when I said I was better. Uh, but yeah, so he should have tried that explanation. <laughs> then yeah. we would have at least figured out what the orchids were for." Yeah, so the doctor insists uh, better beats better, and mm-hmm. if he welches on the bet, it's going to cause me great shame because yeah. everyone in my family knows about this deal that I made, and everyone's counting on me to <laughs> get, get the job done on curing you, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And he's put way too much stakes on this uh, transaction. Yeah. Well, it works. He gets his money. Yeah. So uh, Larry says, all right, you know, I do have this uh, check that I have from Barry for $5,000 happened turns out is the exact same amount. So it works out nicely. I can just endorse this right over to you, uh, which is still pretty weird. Like you should just write him a new yeah, check. Why not just write your own check yeah. and give your credit card? Unless he doesn't have his credit, his check on him, which is, would be weird that yeah. he would be out and not have like a way to pay th- for things. Um, yeah. uh, so he, he's like, by the way, um, what's the deal with the orchids? Do you do that for all your patients? The doctor says it's an ancient, it's an ancient Japanese custom. Yeah. So Larry gives him his famous detective eye to see if he's telling the truth, and the episode very strangely ends. Yeah, so it's like an early version of of what will become the famous LD cockeyed stare. He called yeah. the detective eye. Yeah, it's not exactly the same thing. It's a little bit different though. This one, maybe this is sort of the uh, the beta version. Uh, it's a li- yeah, it, it's a little bit it's a little bit more muted. It doesn't go yeah. as for as long. Yeah. All right, so this was a, this was an episode. Uh, <laughs> I laughed recapping it, so it gets credit for that. But um, you know, we never have any understanding of why the waiter is so offended by Larry's initial orchid question. Yeah, we I just really I just tried uh, the orchids at all. I just tried googling as we were here, <laughs> and I don't see anything. Like people are like speculate. People's best explanation is just like it's just supposed to be irrational. Like the guy just hates him for no reason in like a Michael Toby Scott kind, uh, Michael Scott Toby kind of way. The waiter hates Larry. Yeah, just like okay. he just like, yeah, has it out for him, even though Larry saved yeah, his But none of that him. is explained. Barry yeah, is annoying. Good. The acupuncturist plot is, you know, a, a carbon copy of the Kramer Lane neck bike plot. So to me, this is the worst episode of season two. I'm going to give it pretty, pretty good. It's one and a half stars. It's the third worst episode we've seen so far. Yeah, I'm also very down on it. Um, I wasn't going to go quite as low. I was thinking around two, pretty, pretty good. Um, I considered going down a little bit, but I think I'll just stick there. Um, but maybe it really should be lower because this really was not a good episode. You know, we, we met, you know, multiple things just like didn't really add up to anything. Very odd storyline choices, like not too many weird jokes. There was a couple of funny conversations below back and forth, but there wasn't like a ton of good laughs. The ending is very abrupt. Um, just like it doesn't really come together in any sort of coherent way. And it's like, oh, it's like all of a sudden the accurate puncture storyline comes back in. Like that was only like in the first scene of the show and then it comes back in like the second to last scene. It's just like not woven into the main storyline enough to like come back the way it does yeah by the way even two for you is the lowest rating you've given this season 
and you've only given one episode less than two so far. So you could arguably also put this in your bottom three. I'm not going to ask you to you know rank all of your two star episodes right now. But. Yeah. All right. Well, we could. I'll take a closer so, look yeah, at it so. for next episode. But yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, I could. If if you told me that I, this is the worst episode we've seen so far, like I would buy that. It was. It's not a good episode. Yep. All right. Who is your come with guy or girl? Um, I didn't think there was any really good ones, which is usually a sign of not a great episode. Uh, so I just decided to, for whatever reason, just go with the acupuncturist, just because I thought it was at least it was fun that he was like up to doing that kind of deal with Larry. He's here, he's here to play. Um, sending the flowers. It was a little weird, but it's a bold move. You know, he's, <laughs> he's looking for a good time, maybe. I don't know. Um, and yeah, and he, and he seems to overall be a man of honor. So we'll give it to him. Well, listen, this is better than last week when you gave it to Larry David. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, We didn't really have on this episode, I agree. I'll give it to Jeff because he's literally a come-with guy. He <laughs> yeah. comes with Larry everywhere in the same car yeah. from Barry's party to Barry's dad's shiva. Yeah, he's tagging so, along right, left yeah, and right. He, he's, he's, a tag, he's a come-with guy. Yeah, he totally is. Yeah. Of who is the worst person this episode? I mean, a lot of people in the same family. Yeah, it's hard to choose which wiener is the worst. <laughs> um, I mean, I think ultimately it has to be Barry. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, they're all very bad. I, I want that to be clear. Like, it's yeah. not. It shouldn't reflect well on anyone that they weren't selected as the worst. <laughs> they would easily be the worst of many other episodes based on their like conduct alone in a vacuum. <laughs> Yeah. Some very horrible people. It's just like yeah. some genetic, wild genetic thing going on here. Yeah, but is but is Barry Weiner worse than Neighbor Dean? It's close. Let's think about this. So Barry Weiner, um, Cheryl says he's an asshole who thinks he's better than everyone. He asks his friends for loans. He celebrates his father's death. Um, his wife is also pretty awful. Uh, okay, know, but one one way, one thing party. to negate praising his father's death is we've met his father and we know his father sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that makes it not as bad. And like yeah. he and like he knows that like we know that his father is like specifically like kind of like dicking him over a little bit with the with the money, or at least it sounds like from his perspective. Yeah. Every time his wife starts some like rat like his wife is the one who starts the blame of Larry at the Shiva house and he doesn't step up and defend Larry at yeah. all. Yeah. He never yeah. So uh but but neighbor Dean he's worse. Neighbor Dean is still worse. Yeah, I think so because he's just like he's so spiteful and it's so unnecessary what yeah. he does, like the things that he does. Like he's just like he's Larry's already like done so much to like try to accommodate you. Yeah, and you're just like Barry, taking Barry's as much as you can. Barry's mostly an asshole out of laziness. Neighbor Dean would really commit himself to being an asshole. To screw yeah, he's like yeah, he's like really devious. Yeah, he's a really bad person. That guy Dean. Yeah, not not great. I hope he never right. comes back. Um, <laughs> I don't think he does. Uh, any uh, any celebrities to talk about? No one too interesting. Well, of course. Well, Ed Asner. Ed Asner is good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ed Asner, to, to people our age, is almost not as famous. And for people younger than us, even more so. People are like, oh, well, who's this old guy? But, like, he was probably one of the biggest sitcom stars in America for, like, 30 years. Right, yeah, he's a big name. That's true. Yeah, I, and, and, I underrated him. For yeah. sure, he's the most famous person to play a character. He's much more famous than Bob Odenkirk or Nia Vardalos. Uh, yes, yes, that is correct. So, uh, certainly at the time he was on the show, it's not even close. Yeah, 
That's yeah. for sure. True. Scott Adsit also uh, from Thirty Rock, but he was not. He wouldn't uh, have been famous at the time. He's like barely yeah. famous now. It's like if you saw yeah, Thirty it, Rock, which is like forty-four for sure. people. Yeah, and Doug Benson at the most, you're like, oh, there's a guy who played a cameo on Friends in 2001. Yeah, so. like now you like you wouldn't even, you wouldn't necessarily even recognize him now just because like you if you listen to his podcast, you might know what he looks like, you might not. But yeah, yeah. So no, no one else, but uh, Ed Asner takes the cake as the most famous person to play a character. All right. Show this so we'll have to, I think he's uh, going to hold on to that for a while. Yeah, we'll have to update our records. Yeah. Postman, okay. postman. Uh, postman! Uh, postman! Uh, come uh, here! here Tell the neighborhood! Uh, postman, postman. All right, we got, uh, we got several this week. First, we have one from a new listener. We just got this today. Uh, this is just like a general feedback about the podcast. And he says, hi, Alex and Av. This is from a man named uh, I mean, Tim Hutchinson, fellow named Tim Hutchinson. He says he just wanted to give you a shout out from sunny Canberra, Australia. Your recap podcast of all Kirby Enthusiasm episodes couldn't have been better times with live sports shut down due to COVID-19 in an effort to prevent sports fans canceling their subscriptions. Our pay TV provider opened up all of the drama and comedy channels at no extra cost for a couple of months. So while we've been all stuck at home, I have literally been all 100 episodes of Curb in the past seven or eight weeks. Wow, that's something. I find wow, myself for, re- relating to Larry far more often than I perhaps I should. It's become a source of much shame and guilt. Aye, aye, aye. I'm really enjoying your insights and viewpoints on the situations Larry and his mates find themselves in. Wow, that's very a very sweet email, Tim. We really appreciate the feedback, and we are so happy to have you aboard as a listener. That's great. Yes, and also uh, let us know if you're a fan of Aussie Rules football because I am a, a diehard Carlton fan. Yes, yes. Uh, I become a fan the day before they uh, were scheduled to play their most recent game, which... <laughs> Yeah, yeah that whole yeah that whole thing didn't uh, work out quite well. But, yeah, uh, but well, apparently I a hat though. I, I have a Carlton hat. I wear it around the house. All right, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our next email is from Bob Savage. He writes in to let us know that he was just on iTunes and he bought season ten of Curb for nine ninety nine, and then he noticed they're selling the entire series for eighty dollars in Canadian dollars. Might be cheaper in the U.S. Just want to let people know. So if you're interested, if uh, if buying all of Curb is something that would interest you, um, it's also, of course, streaming on HBO if you are if you have HBO. But, you know, if, you're, if you want to own it, that's a, there's a way that you could own it, which would sound like uh, it might be a good price. Um, we of course, Yeah, of course, we will take our, our uh, customary 20% commission. So you can just yes. uh, Venmo that over to us. We'll put our, our, our name in the notes. Yeah. And, and also 20% of any food you eat while watching the episode. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you also have to give 10% to Jeff. So, you know, yeah. there's not going to be a lot left. Brother, you just said interested, which reminds me of, uh, you know, when Larry wants tickets to the Dodgers game, and he says, I'm interested, and the, uh, the, the the housekeeper says interested doesn't mean ticket. You know, Gardner interested, you know, he no get ticket with, you know, the pigeon English, of course, which is sort of a similar conflict to how this episode ends, right, where they talk about uh, does better mean better? Does right. interested mean interested? Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, he likes he likes these, like, language, like ambiguous language. Yeah. Um, yeah, lead I, was, I was interrupting Bob's email, though. Oh uh, no, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, just let you know if everyone, if anyone's interested, uh, it's you know sounds like there's a good deal available on buying carb. Um, second to last email we have from Zach Brooks, who refers to uh, COVID Barry as the asshole of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's definitely of the se- uh, yeah. Dean was last season, right? Oh no, he was this season. No, it was last season, right? No, Dean was last season. Yeah, yeah okay. He's been holding the belt since. Yeah, last so season. yeah. But so why ba- is he COVID Barry? Oh, uh, because he coughs on the food. Oh, yes, 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 that's true, yes. He's not wearing a face mask, which, yeah. which you should have been wearing when you're dealing with uh, meats and cheeses. Yeah, know? and he's not, he's not wearing gloves either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, he's, I think it's fair to say Barry's the asshole of the season so far, though. Even if he doesn't beat Dean, he's probably the worst of this season. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that we had a discussion. We, Dean had been sort of undisputed for a while. Yeah. Um, and he says the nephew it might be the worst actor that's ever been on the show. Doug Benson. Yeah, apparently. All right, Zach doesn't yeah. like Doug Benson. Doug loves movies, and so does Zach. So yeah, I guess uh, Zach don't uh, cinephile hate. Don't uh, don't listen to his podcast. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, final email. No, but Doug Benson is not a good actor. That's 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 fair. I don't think he would disagree even. Final email as well comes in from Olin Allen. He says a bit of a Met episode for him this week. The major saving grace is Ed Asner as Mister Weiner. Loved him as the old man walking. The charros, the the char work. Sorry, working the charms with Cheryl, working out Larry's motivation with him, and particularly giving a dressing down to the lawyer on Casual Friday. There is also a connection to last week's episode with as with Ed Asner as he appeared in Roots, which Richard Lewis referenced in relation to Larry being auctioned off. Very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is like uh, this has been uh, the movie ladder brought to you by pretty yes. pretty pretty good. No chance, Larry David thought about that. By the way, uh, no, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Uh, he hasn't even listened to the movie ladder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the it's a good ed- podcast. Yeah, I, I listened to like fifteen of them in the last uh, two, 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 three days. Awesome. We just recorded a long one. Oh. Um, the end. But of- I also I listened to them out of order, which is sort of a weird thing to do when there's a sequential ladder involved. Yeah, whatever works for you. We we I uh, in the order that I was interested in the movie. Yeah, that makes yeah that that certainly makes sense. That's so, the, but it was that- sort of funny when I, I was listening to backwards ones, and you're like discussing which one. I'm like, I know what they're gonna pick. Ah, uh-huh. it's like yeah, it's like a it's like a prequel. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it takes all the takes all the drama out of it. Um, he says the end confrontation with the acupuncturist was fairly good as well. Uh, is that the first squinting eye double stare down, or have I missed one? I think we had w- another one that was not quite, but similar. I'm not yeah, sure. He's still, he's still, it's still in beta form. He's still working at the Kings. I think we see him do it in the uh, in the HBO special in his stand up for sure. Hmm. I don't remember. So I think we've seen it in the show, but I I, I can't place okay. it. So so it might be the first like real one. We've been tracking our pretties good and many other things, but I don't know if we've yeah. been tracking these. Yeah, should we, we start tracking these. We should. Um, <laughs> Wow. But yeah, we'll, we'll see if if we can figure out if there was any before there. Um, he was uh, Olin says he was expecting old old western music to start up there, and again, again instead we got the uh, the curb at the end of the episode music. Um, none, none of the other regular or Kotar stood out. He says overall in the series one of the disappointments so far to this point is Jeff. He just hasn't delivered near to what I was expecting. Whereas so far, Richard Lewis, who I felt more down on, is almost always delivered. Interested to see if this changes for me. Come with Guy. Yeah, uh, yeah I would say Richard Lewis has has definitely had his moments more than Jeff. But I think Jeff is gonna is going to improve for sure. He's like he's kind of like sleazy at the beginning, and I think he becomes like funnier and like more charming later on. Yeah. Uh, come with Guy for charm, calling out bullshit, and just delivering in this episode. Ed Asner is Mister Wiener. Yeah, that's fair. He's entertaining, even if he's like crazy. Uh, villain of the week, Carol Weeder being so antsy with a spoiled surprise party. Uh, yeah, as we said, all Weeders are bad. It's like it's the well, it's the, so it's the opposite of last... all lives matter. All lives matter except for the Weeders. Yeah. So the the other worst uh, person in the season, I would say, was Walter, the anti Wagnerite Jew. Yeah. And and his daughter also was pretty bad. Yeah. So we said you said Barry's definitely the worst person so far this season. But because he's sort of sharing his badness with his wife and father, is it possible you say the Walter is actually worse? Because he's only sharing it with one <laughs> uh, family With member? just a daughter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we're seeing we're, we're seeing uh, some good family combos recently, and by good yeah. combos, I mean horrific, horrific combos. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bad Jews, a lot of bad people. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So uh, this was an enjoyable podcast, even if the episode uh, was not the best. Yeah, and just oh, sorry. And Owen gives it an overall rating of a uh, two point five. Pretty good. Two point five. All right. Uh, next week we have the doll. Yeah, this I think is going to be very good. Yes, it's 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 a very iconic episode, if nothing else. Yeah, I assume we're right. going to get a big Susie yelling at somebody. Hopefully, Larry. Yeah, well, okay. he he puts a doll down his pants. So yeah, I don't remember exactly what happens, <laughs> he, but yeah, he decapitates it. Okay, fine. So I'll I'll let you enjoy it again from scratch. But uh, I'm actually looking forward as soon as we finish recording this episode to go watching that one because the doll is one of the best episodes. In fact, I'm looking at not my personal ranking, but the cumulative rankings of. The Vulture and The Ringer and like all the other public rankings that I've seen. Yeah. The Doll is not only the highest ranked episode of any episode we've seen so far, but it's number one. Not like t- number two, number three. It's literally number one on more lists than any other other, other okay. episode. So then we should definitely go in with very high expectations to see a great episode. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm saying it's going to be. No, yeah. I, I, no, I, I remember yeah. really thinking this is a good episode in my memory. It sticks out. And if everyone says it's a really good episode, then it's probably a really good episode. Yeah, it's going to be pretty, 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 pretty good.